BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 911, what's your emergency? I can't find Captain Nash and his wife's cruise ship. Tonight, 911 comes to ABC. If we're going to make it out of here, we got to work together. Tonight at 9 on ABC, followed by 7 News at 11. This is why you watch 7 News at 5. This breaking story is happening as we speak. To get breaking news from the alert desk. When I know about it, you'll know about it first. So you're always connected with what's happening now, only on 7 News at 5. LPN Deep Dives presents A Court of Thorns and Roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. Let's just admire ourselves. Um, I mean, we do look great. I've got I've got my my tribute to Amron today. I love it. I love your pearl necklace. <laughs> <laughs> That's come. <laughs> uh oh. I mean, you know I'm over here vibrato, <laughs> and I ain't talking about singing. Wait, yeah. That's what vibrato. Vibra- yeah, but I'm the- vibrating. That was just my horny way of saying vibrating. Because it's the Chapter 55 episode. It is. Uh-oh, Mario's coming back. Or maybe I should go, <laughs> No. And I'll be Wario instead. Wario is more fitting, probably, for Yes, this. I don't think one. regular Mario has a penis. I want to have sex but with I do think Wario does. though. I think Waluigi <laughs> is kind of sexy. I think their evil sides have genitals. But the other side, so you don't think Luigi bends it over? For Mario? They're brothers. No, not for Mario. <laughs> no, he's having... Oh, I'm in my brain, it's Bowsette and Luigi, oh. and they have like a whole sidebar Well, you gotta clarify, how do I know their backstory that you've imagined? <laughs> I can't believe you don't live inside of my fuck brain. All at of this the, point? All of the uh, Mario 3, which is my favorite one, all of the um, demi-villains are all named after different musicians, and one of them is named after Wendy O. Williams, who's my dog's named after as well. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of... And then you bring up Wendy, and it takes all of my horniness away. But Wendy O. Williams, who she's named after, is pure sex and rock and roll. Oh, okay. She used to uh, play... With just like clothespins on her nipples as a shirt and like chainsaw through uh, guitars on stage. Well, that's the opposite of how your husband wants to raise your dog child because I even sing, She's my Wendy Pie. And Henry says, I can't sing that to her because it sexualizes her too much. I guess that technically that is about a vagina. Yes, but I'm not saying she's my cherry pie. I'm saying she's my Wendy Pie. Hmm. 
That's a gray area. <laughs> it's a gray area. Just like my outfit. Yes, you're very Amran today. I'm really digging this it. This was an ode to her, even though it's really more about what we're going to discuss next episode, why why I'm giving her my tribute here. But I find, eh, come on, let's pull, let's pull a little Amran spin on it today. I mean, you look really good in the dark Bob is the word. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word for the haircut. It's a bob. Um, thank you. Um, have you thought about doing your hair like this? I have had it, but like this before in the past. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, it does. It does make me feel a little bit like a sexy teacher. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, maybe because of the pointer I had. I, that's what I know. It's definitely the pointer. That's why, I mean, I was like, I almost, I got titillated at first because you pulled out the pointer and I was just like, what just sparked within me? <laughs> well, actually, it was, it's funny. Henry and I were just talking about porn the other day and he always says to me in a way that I know he means in kindness, you would definitely be a MILF in the MILF category in porn. You're a MILF now, is what he says. And then I get pissed because I'm not a mom. Yeah, but you've been a MILF for like 12 years. That's not on you. But I, I, then I was saying, it's like women generally either are virgins or MILFs in porn. There's like very little in between, which is what most women are in the middle somewhere. Mm. And that's the part that's kind of like, I don't want to be a mom in porn and I don't want to play, be a virgin in porn. I want to be an autonomous woman, <laughs> which I do feel like, again, which is what we discussed last time, is there needs to be more of a range. What if we and start I calling think... you zombie, like zaddy, like you're my zombie, but then you kind of sound like you're my zombie, but that's also badass. For some reason, I can just hear lasagna when you say that. Yum. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think, and I think it's partly because people need therapy badly. Whoa. And You're saying that have porn makers need to ha- go to therapy? Based on the number of states. I'm talking the about the producers, by the way, not the actual <laughs> yes. workers. The Based on the number of states that have their top porn categories as mom and stepmom and stepsister, Zami. somebody needs to work through some family issues. And in, it needs to stop dominating the top of porn sites. And I think we need to get therapy so the porn gets better. They're and working I said it. through their issues by having sex with stepdaddy underneath the table. <laughs> if that's not working through your issues, I don't know what is. It's working through something. This is making us all unhorny in the horniest chapter of all time. <laughs> is that what you were trying to do here, Natalie? Ah, this whole show was made to ruin it for everyone. Are you trying to juke us away from our horniness? I will not be unhornied. Fine. So Farah is in the house of mist. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're done talking about the other stuff. Yeah. Now we can go in. Farah, if you'll recall, last episode had winnowed away with more because she had received some new information. Mate news, mate news, party time, excellent. But it's not not party party time. time. And it's not excellent. (laughs) It's not excellent. Uh, It's not a showing yet. She's pissed. And understandable. I think she's overreacting. But... I think that she's going through a lot. Yes. And I think that she's overreacting. But like at that time period, if you're just like flying in and all this stuff and ash arrows and all this, like I would also probably be like, I need a minute. Can I like take a minute for a second? Sure. I do. I would say, you know, 
her mate is just like dying on the ground that she just dumps him in the mud. She but dumps. you know, she saved him essentially. He, he's probably gonna be fine. I'm gonna say that she can tell mind to mind that he's not dying. I mean, they've got the bond. They've got the bond. Um, you're right. So, uh, so yes, the part three starts with a house of mist, and I think I don't know. Is, do you think that's in reference to the cabin? It's a very sexy title of the part, but I'm not sure I connect exactly what the titular mist is. I think I we could call no, okay. no. I would never ever say that about you, Zami. I think that um, it could be the House of Mist mm. because if you think about it, it is both a House of Mist and Fury. Yes, because like she goes and well, she's you furious. Know, she's furious, and you know she's got to get it out somehow. As far as I can gauge, I think the mist is meant to be metaphorical, as though she's walking through a cloud to find herself. Maybe oh, could be, and then like the fury is just like her general fury, general fury <laughs> um, that she has about her existence and her plight. Yes, and then other furious things happen later. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and regardless, she's in a cabin. Oh, okay. And it's mulling time. Mm-hmm. She's got some mulling to do. She's got to find a stump and think upon it, if you will. She's got to do some thinking. She reflects on all the time. <laughs> she reflects on all the times that she had emotional reactions to Rizan being hurt or insulted. She's kind of like over, she's like analyzing every instance of being like, I guess I did immediately go into an hysterical rage when I found out he was hurt. I guess that might have been the mating bond. But all this time with him knowing, it's like she's looking at every interaction with him through a new lens because every time that they went through an interaction, it was him knowing they were mated and her not knowing. And so some of those interactions are frustrating because she has to weigh the response and decide what was his intention behind all of this now to like look at every interaction differently. Um, so this vital piece of information that he kept from her. But then another thought comes to her. It's a relief shade. She's off the hook with Tamlin. Yeah, dude. This really comes in clutch mm-hmm. because like, oh, no. See, like I couldn't get past it. We're mated. Yeah. Sorry, boo. Yeah. She's allowed to make out with Rizan all she wants by Faye Decree. Yes, because they are mates. Mm-hmm. I also feel like I imagine that part of her anger, too, is like losing some sense of agency over it mm-hmm. because like she's not she wasn't in like but that was the whole point of why Reese didn't tell her in the first place is because he wanted her to choose him to fall in love with him and not just be like oh well i guess we're mated yeah and i mean mating in in its in its essence is kind of can be kind of scary and we may or may not have another couple that we find out it's mated later on who have to grapple with it in this other way because it is this sort of biological thing that it seems against like almost without you don't have a choice in it. There's like yeah. no your body just does it. Um and so yeah, that's gotta be a lot to sort of like take in. Y- yeah. I asked Jeff if he thought I was his mate and he loves these kind of questions. I bet. And <laughs> it's almost like he can't win. He can't win. Because because then if I am his mate, then I'm like, oh, so you're saying I didn't have a choice? Yeah. And so there's really this like catch. Oh, did you say feel like you had to marry me is what you're saying? <laughs> wow. 
It's 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 really do it to your partner. Go home tonight. Ask your partner. Do you think that we're mated? Like explain the idea of mating and ask just to see, just to watch them get backed into a corner of your own making. <laughs> Um, oh, I decided I'm not, not his mated? mate. We're not mates. Oh, okay, okay. Just because in my head, I'm like, because then, like, if you die young, then, like, I know <laughs> I can, like, go on, you know? But, like, you're not, like, my final mate. Do you think that that is also how, like, it works if the mate dies, you can't, there's no other new mate that shows up? That's the question. I don't know. Like, are you, like, when you say you're mated for life, I'm assuming that's what that means. I do feel like Henry and I are mates. Yeah. I will say. Yeah. You should ask him. <laughs> I will. And make sure whatever he says is is incorrect. Is incorrect and just, you know, especially right before you go to sleep. That's yeah. my favorite time to ask these questions. His eyes are finally peacefully closing. <laughs> he has a really hard time sleeping. He does. So. That's why I think it's Be even sure funnier. to do it then. <laughs> uh. Um, so, do you love me? Do you like really love me? <laughs> Just start asking those questions yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great idea. But yes, so there is these. There's several reasons why it's good that she's made it with Rizon in the Tamlin sense. Is like, first off, she's off the hook, and also, like in their Fey laws, it kind of prevents Tamlin from starting a war over it because yeah, it's not sorry, really made Yeah, like they the mating is like takes precedent over almost anything in the in their realm. If you'll call like Rizan's mom wasn't like a royal figure, but because she, they were mated, that she was like saved from the Illyrian camps. Yes, so there's that at least. Yeah, so she wonders if Reese is re- resentful of being mated to her, but I'm like, come on, girl, he is bent over backwards for you? I think that's a ridiculous question to ask. Also, you have the power of all of the high lords within you, girl. You're not like, I'm just some human. Like, you're not that anymore. You're not being a Bella Swan. Yes, you you have fey dysmorphia right now, and (laughs) you need to realize your power. Can I say I have fey dysmorphia? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, you can. Um, I think, honestly, all of us fey bays have a fey dysmorphia right now. Perhaps. Um... Yeah, she. It is. It is very much not a Bella Swan situation where she is the most bland, boring girl who's. But she's everyone's not in love with like for the some reason. Other girls. She is though. Bella Swan is Whoa. exactly like the other. Whoa! Girls. She hates the snow, Natalie. <laughs> she doesn't like wow. music, Natalie. <laughs> what personality traits to have? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So he's. But he still had tortured her in a way, keeping this from her while she pined and pined for him because she hated herself for it. She felt like this big piece of shit because she had just left Hamlin and all she can think about is Rizan. And she thinks, I just must be a monster. I must be like a terrible person. And this whole time she was actually mated to him. So it makes sense. Yeah. And so she is mad about that part. So she has to go back to her thinking stomp. Yeah. She's got to think about it. She's got to think about it. Uh Pharaoh wakes up the next morning after she has arrived at the cabin and she's less rattled. So she starts to take in her surroundings a little more. She considers whether this is the mountain retreat Reese has spoken of once where Moore and Amron had fought so viciously that they burned the cabin to the ground. And then immediately after this thought process, she goes, oh, I probably shouldn't have left. Yeah, dude. She's just thinking about Reese and going, Man, I probably shouldn't have just left him on the ground. Because, like, didn't she? What wasn't she like? Just saying, like, 
I'll never leave you. And then you just fucking dumped him and ran. Yes. She she had just said, I'll never walk away. Yes. Not from you. And then she walked away. Yeah. I mean, to go to this awesome cabin, please also. Again, Moss is so amazing at, like, creating these magical places that I would do anything to go to. I want to go to this cabin so desperately. I know. And uh, it is that she gives – I think I said this before, but I feel like it's, like – Missing a place that I've never been to. Yes. I'm like, oh, I wish I could go back there. Wait a second. That's not a real place. It's not a real place. So she's already kind of regretting her her little temper flare. Yeah. Just leaving him on the ground half dead to go have a tantrum kind of. She begins to wander through the house and gets nosy, peeking into drawers and cabinets. Through this, she gets a sense of the house and its inhabitants and... This feeling of casual comfort, it's its almost like a family vacation home. Oh. Very unregal, un, unlike what probably most High Lords would have, because he ain't like he ain't other like High the Lords. other High Lords. He, he's the Bella in this situation. But he's way more special than well, Bella. Well, but he's <sighs> definitely not like the other High Lords in the same way that Bella is not like the other girls. But Bella is like the other girls. Whoa! <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, I know that you're right. You know that I'm playing devil's advocate. Do you? I don't like it. Do you know? Uh oh, Amrin. <laughs> Girl. I'm scared. She's going to start drinking blood. Oh, we should have put liquid dye. I got this beautiful goblet at Ren Fair that um, this woman hand makes, and I was going to bring it because it's a perfect blood goblet. But guess what? She, Natalie forgot. Natalie forgot. Well, maybe we'll have a goblet at another time. Oh, we will. I think um, we've got a couple more episodes. I think one or two. <laughs> um, so, so yes, the the cabin is is it's pretty and it's nice, but it's not this sort of cold, stuffy place no, that a little high comfortable. Have. I just imagine like really big, comfortable chairs that you can like sit in a hundred different ways, and any way you sit in it's so comfortable, and you fall asleep. I love those kind of like big, overstuffed chairs that you can like sit and read a book in. Yeah, I see a lot of big windows overlooking the fields and stuff. Uh, I'm also- horny for landscape. Me too. These books make me uh, horny for the landscapes. I love architecture. I love houses and, and like looking at houses. So this is right up my alley. Um, so she finds also going through the door, she finds activities like it is an Airbnb, <laughs> just like fishing gear, games, books, and of course, weapons just thrown, tucked into every crevasse, just uh, throwing stars. Boys will be boys. <laughs> and more. More will be more. Well, more will be more. And then... <gasps> What is that? Oh, God. Is she creamy for paints? There's so many paints in the cabin. You don't even know how many paints there are Can in this cabin. Can you even believe how excited she is? Um, I will say, um, you know, one thing that I know we're about to talk about is how much she paints in this cabin. <laughs> but, like, she doesn't ask permission. Oh, no, I can't all believe you. First we have thing long discussion. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's like the paints were waiting for her to arrive because they know how much this bitch likes to paint. Now, do you think that the paints were, like, magicked there? Or do you think that they just had paints there, like, for when they got high and wanted to paint? Um. Well, Mord explains a little bit about how they get there later. Okay. Yeah. So, Feyre has a task 
something to keep her mind and heart occupied. Finally, after all these months, she's only dreamed of slapping colors on paper. And it all comes pouring out of her right then. Her thoughts and feelings, it seems, are best expressed through the drawings. Oh, God. It's how she has to feel. It is. So she paints and paints till she drops. And then she gets up and she paints again. So this is day three now at this point being at the cabin. And then Feyre hears a knock at the door. She freezes. But then she hears Moore's voice. Please don't be dead. I didn't know whether it was relief or disappointment that sank in my chest as I opened the door and found more huffing hot air into her cupped hands. So at least we know at this point, Feyre is almost excited for a second that it's Rison. Yeah, so she's but it's definitely so not. It's yeah. definitely not him. Yeah. Um, even though she acted like she would throw his ass out when he first when she first left. So girl, that whole like enemies to lovers thing. It's like we're at the lovers part. Okay, you have to let it crumble. You're not made of stone no more. She's got to paint it out. She's got to paint it out. You're right. That's what's helping her crumble. So yeah, Moore walks in and sees that Feyre has vandalized the house yes i guess maybe we can say this is the way that Farah has sort of accepted the mating bond because she seems to just act like this is her cabin now yeah and, um, and this is pre-soup and still try this is making quite your mark i'm a but then how does the magic work can they magic away all of the paint if they wanted to. I sure hope so. <laughs> I'd be pissed off coming to my like many, many generations owned family vacation house that I love to go to and everything is painted. Yeah, it's a choice. It's definitely a choice she made. The very, it's a claiming. Can you imagine if she graffitied their whole house and then didn't accept the bond? <laughs> oh man, with all of her stick figures yeah. and just all, it's like, I paint it. I'm like, well, well, you certainly put paint on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so she here's she's really just covered everything in drawings. Some were basic, clusters of icicles drooping down the sides of the threshold. They melt. I'm sorry, just imagining like she sees them as icicles, but they're just like sticks of paint like coming down. Like, look at these beautiful icicles. Sorry, I'll keep reading. (laughs) They melted into the first shoots of spring, then burst into full blooms of summer before brightening and deepening into fall leaves. I'd painted a ring of flowers round the card table by the window, leaves and crackling flames around the dining table. But in between the intricate decorations, I'd painted them, bits and pieces of Moore and Cassian and Asriel and Amran and Reese. And then just, she says no thank you to the bond and it's just her drawings everywhere. Why did you do this, Feyre? Stick figures all, all over their, like, poker table. They're like, man, we just want, we like to play cards here. And you got to put a bunch of flowers on it. Put flowers, put flowers on, on it. it. If you've never seen True Detective Season 1, that is a disgusting reference. <laughs> <laughs> we say that a couple of days ago. This, is, this is back in our vernacular for some reason. Yes. We did. Um, more... 
I love that Moore is such an agent of chaos that she loves that she's painted. She's like, do more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, burn it to the ground. She did already burn this down once, so I yes. guess the painting isn't that bad. Yeah, I guess. Um, she notes the Illyrian wings on the fireplace and then sees strands of her hair painted along the windows. And then she sees Amran's eyes above the hallway in the entranceway. Favorite explains that they're be- there because Amran is always watching. Moore laughs and tells Favorite to add Moore's eyes as well to torture the Bat Boys when they want to come up here to escape. I love that. She just wants to be like, yeah, we're just, uh, you never escape us. Fuck it up. We're always watching you. You have no release. <laughs> Moore then seems to affirm that this is indeed their escape cabin and the place where she and Amran got into it. She also tells Feyre that it was actually Amrin who had tried painting one summer vacation. And I do, I mean, I guess maybe she never explains. I, my guess is that she brought them from the rainbow. Probably, yes. That would be my guess. Um, Feyre tentatively asks about Reese, and we find out that he's okay and recovering. Thank the cauldron, oh, I guess, because you left him there to die, Feyre. Yeah, dude. No, I know, she, I know she didn't. She knew he was okay. I know. So as Feyre begins to paint Moore's eyes next to Amran, Moore lightly begins to reason with Feyre about how she understands why she's mad, but that she should try to let Reese explain. Feyre is clearly already regretting her decision to leave, so she doesn't really need convincing at this point. They also discuss Moore's visit to the Hewn City that she was just instructed to take on night court business. Mm. During this discussion, we learn that Reese doesn't force Moore to go there against her will because Feyre kind of asks, why does Reese make you go? It's got to be difficult for her, but, I mean, that's the whole thing is that, like, Reese is like, you can kill them all if you want. You can just, like, go in and kill them all. And she's, like, choosing not to kill them all, which is is so badass. It's kind of more fun that way because every time they see you, they're afraid that you might just murder them. Yeah. And they deserve it. So... I don't care. I'm glad that she does it. Um, but basically, she's trying. I think Feyre's trying to like get a sense of Reese still, like making sure she really does want this man and saying, like, does he force you to go to the night court? That's what I took from it. And she says, no, he he wants me to have my own choices. But he also has her as a leadership role, and so she does her job. And, and yeah. you know, that's what she, she wants she's to do. Do what she's got to do. So. Feyre, being a busybody, then steers the discussion towards Moore's love life, blatantly asking if she and Azriel have ever hooked up. Yeah, dude. She, like, jumps right in. But honestly, I love these conversations, especially when you're just getting to know, like, a group of friends. Yeah. I'm like, so, who have you fucked? Yeah. We know you fucked Cassian. Okay, great. But what about Az? And this, again, if you remember, this is her first friend. So this is a very yeah. friend-based conversation. Yeah. It's nothing to do with, like, the plot points. It's more about just them establishing their friendship almost I feel like so she said she's not she's she doesn't know of course not she doesn't fuck with the inner circle anymore after her whole thing with cat uh, with Cassian and not to worry too much about Asriel though that he has plenty of lovers that he keeps on the sly <laughs> imagine being Asriel's booty call dude imagine being able to fuck a shadow singer and then I mean I, of course I'd be like of course that's why you don't want to take me on a real date shadow singer sure he's a shadow singer <laughs> that's why you just want to like bang me in the night and never actually take me on a date oh man but i mean i've never been there before <laughs> no uh, i've never been used 
I mean, I certainly had never been by anybody calling themselves a shadow singer. No, no. I just imagine if they told it's me they were just a like a singer. DJ. Yeah. See, I mean, isn't like I think a DJ kind of is a shadow singer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, only out at night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's still like one of the most powerful Illyrians and on. On Prithian's planet, so oh yeah, I'd crawl up like, that brick wall. Yeah, you know. But Ferris shimmy up it, shimmy up his butt. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm shimmying up the brick wall. I just imagine because like it would be difficult to climb the brick wall. So in my head, I'm just gonna shove my body against it and shimmy up really, really, really small wave like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I went and I further explained it. <laughs> I think I understand. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, but Feyre is still trying to play matchmaker, I guess, and asks more if she would ever consider him as a lover. But Morris, like, stop. Nope. It's not her, she says. Asriel would never make a move on her, even if she took all of her clothes off and stood before him, because he is a professional sad boy. Yes, and he would never, he would never disrespect her ever. But he also thinks he's not good enough for her. Oh God, Asriel, let me fix you! <laughs> it's almost as if it's more about the pining with Asriel than actually wanting to be with more. That's just my takeaway with it. Yeah. Is he more interested in the pining than the actual being? I mean, isn't that like kind of the beautiful part of unrequited love mm-hmm. is just like the idea of it. And then if you never have to really genuinely deal with it, it can just live pristine in your brain. Yeah, it's always going to be more fantastical in your head than it actually would end up being probably. You ever have one of them? You have an unrequited? No. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Only She's ever... mated. I'm sorry. I can't ask these questions to someone who's got a mate. I've only ever dated Henry. Yep, it was always Henry. You uh, you knew when you waited for the bond to form. I love before. you, honey. I love you. <laughs> He's not listening. You think he wants to listen to me get all horned up while you I batter don't. me around? I don't I don't think he does, probably. Um yeah, so, anyway. Um, <laughs> and that means that he's being a bad mate, and you should definitely tell him that when you tell him that okay, he's your mate. I will tell him. <laughs> so, uh, Feyre's not... <laughs> I love to just, I just want to cause disturbances in relationships. I don't want the relationships to end. I just like to make waves. You want drama? Yeah. We need, I guess we need more drama in our friend circle. It is a lot of really just nice friendships. I know, and everyone's so happy, and like it's it's just Boro Snoro, man. Let's shake it up. I miss, I like, I do kind of miss it, like, so, like these conversations of like, so who'd you bang? Like now we all know who each other banged, and it's also old hat. I guess that's, I guess this is growing up. Anyway, so. Sad boy. Sad, Sad boy. boy as. But Moore's not defensive with these responses. She's she's fairly, fairly questioning why Feyre is asking everything. Feyre says she's just trying to understand the dynamic, but me thinks she's also just a being a nosy. Oh, yeah, dude. Moore wishes her good luck. They've all been working together for 500 years, so there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, so best of luck trying to figure it out. Indeed. I finished her eyes. Honey brown to Amran's quicksilver. But almost an answer, Moore declared. Paint Asriel's. 
next to mine, and Cassian's next to Amarin's. I lifted my brows. Moore gave me an innocent smile. So we can all watch over you. Feyre obliges her. As, as she paints, Moore asks her if it's so bad to be mated to Reese. Feyre realizes that it's not. Mm-mm. Not at all, actually. Moore stays the night with Feyre, and they have a good time to facing the cabin together. As she says goodbye to Moore the next morning, watching her from the front door, she begins to envision herself at this cabin in warmer weather in another season. She sees herself running through the fields with Reese, enjoying the spring. Can you imagine actually running through the fields with your mate? I would love to see you and be like, come on, Henry, come on. And then he's like, what, you just want us to run? And he just starts running through the fields. He's got all his pants up, though. He's, yeah, pants keep falling down. <laughs> I feel like that's actually totally feasible. Jordan's covered in mud. He's just like, oh, it's just like trying to wipe him, wipe him off as oh, yeah, he's so running. upset about his shoes. <laughs> he shouldn't have worn the Jordans to the field. That's his, that's his fault. Um, so, yes. So she sees all of this happening. She envisions herself going back to Valaris and going, actually walking into the rainbow. She sees herself opening up her own gallery there, borrowing Paint. the money from Reese. Paint. She sees Reese walking beside her in the rainbow, laying with her in the fields at this cabin, whispering with her at night. And he would be at that table in the townhouse, roaring with laughter, never again cold and cruel and solemn, never again anyone's slave or whore. And there it was, a future. The future I saw for myself, bright as the sunrise over the cedra. That's sweet. It is. It makes me feel emotional. She found her future. Because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I found that with you guys whenever I first Oh, God. Do you want to go run in a field? Yeah. All right. I'll run in a field with you. I can't run very fast or very <laughs> far, but I, you know what? I can trot in a Frolic. field with you. Yeah. I could, I could do small amounts of frolicking. Yeah. Okay. Deal. All right. I'm not going to forget about it. Great. Deal. Um. So... She spends five days there alone painting, but it seems like she doesn't know what to do then because she sort of started this fight. And even though she knows what she wants, she's sort of just sitting here in this cabin she has to be taken to. I just imagine that every inch of this cabin is covered in paint, just slabs of paint. Like she's just sitting on the floor going like, oh, no, no. I guess I'll make a... I'll uh, paint um, the forks, uh, I guess. Uh, the spider. <laughs> Drawing spiders. <laughs> Painted all the pots and pans so they can't <laughs> use them anymore. Everything's useless now. The tub is all completely filled with paint. Filled with paint. <laughs> <laughs> But fortunately, Moore returns that night Thank after Fair has finally <laughs> taken a break from painting and managed to scrub herself off in that awesome sounding tub that's yes, not filled with paint. It's not filled with paint. That is in the cabin. She's still drying off when she answers the door. <gasps> but Moore wasn't leaning against the threshold. Oh, oh. oh God. It's not Moore. It's no, Rizond. It's Reese, dude. They only stare at each other, and Reese waits to get a signal that it's okay for her to come in. 
After a moment, she steps aside. <laughs> Are you vibrating? <laughs> yeah, I'm making my butt shake. I got the butt quakes going. Uh-oh, oh, no, watch got, out, Jackie butt quake. Got the butt quakes going. I got a Richter scale of 69. Is that how Jeff knows that you're ready to be to be, to be seduced? Yeah, once, he start, once I start getting the butt quake going, yeah. <laughs> once I start gyrating. He only has a limited amount of time before a bomb goes off. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I shoot off like the like a cartoon, like a Looney Tunes whistle, like a... <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. But it's probably good you don't have roommates anymore. That must have been a lot. Oh, man. It was loud. Um, so <clears throat> as he walks... <laughs> so she allows him <laughs> to step into the threshold. As he walks in, he notices her interior decorating. That's what we'll call it. Oh, no. oh boy. Oh, boy, Reese. I hope you're ready to have everything covered in paint if you want to accept this paint. mating bond. Covered in paint. Because she is gonna ruin all your stuff. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It cracks me up that she says, I hope you don't mind when he comes in because... What are you going to do what if he says he do, does bro? mind? <laughs> I it's hope you don't late. mind. Get, get out of here with that. All right, Feyre. He notices the sets of eyes Feyre has painted over the hall entranceway. And what about my eyes? She's got a bit of the butterflies. But she says, fuck it. She wants to be blunt. She's done playing the game. She doesn't want to do the flirting and the tormenting. For They've been doing it forever and she's tired of it. No more games, no more banter. At first because I was so mad at you for not telling me. Then because I was worried I'd like them too much and find that you didn't feel the same. 
Then because I was scared that if I painted them, I'd start wishing you were here so much that I'd just stare at them all day. And it seemed like a pathetic way to spend my time. Which is cute. It's cute. Reese has recovered from his injuries. So much so that he flew to the cabin to find her. So he's, his wings are okay. He still can't use his magic due to Highburn tracking him. So he's very tired. And she imagines so. So she offers to heat him up some soup. <gasps> but this seems to startle him completely. Not the soup. Not the soup! She clearly doesn't understand. Because Reese hates soup. And she needs to understand that. <laughs> she doesn't that. even know anything about him. But he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could marry somebody who hates soup. You love love soup. soup. You really love soup. Love soup. No, he's startled. And she doesn't understand why. So he begins to explain. It's actually a tradition amongst newly mated couples. If the female offers her mate food, it signifies that she has accepted the bond. And it's often held as a party of sorts. Why can't the male offer the woman? Interesting. I think it's just, maybe it's just soup either way. No, I know. It's fine. It's fine. They're fake. It's soup either way. It's soup either way. I don't think it's, it's it's just soup this time though, right? <laughs> it's not always soup, is it? Oh, no. I don't think it's always soup. I thought you, I was like, no, I think it's a little bit more than soup. Oh. But, yeah, oh, um, Jaggy, oh, it's your thing. You gotta be souping me. You gotta be souping me. That's one of your catchphrases. Yeah, dude. Because um, you gotta be souping me. You gotta be souping me. Um... That's what Reese said. That's what Reese says. You gotta be souping me. You gotta be souping me. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) for those that don't know, I'm obsessed with this um, this little sticker that you can put on Instagram that just says, You gotta be souping me. And there's a can of soup. And what does that mean? What does it mean? This is what it means. You gotta be souping me. It's a mating bond. It's a mating bond. Oh, it's a mating bond thing. And I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I guess I'm not making soup for Jeff. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad that I decided he wasn't my mate. He's my mate. I want him to be my mate. I mean, yeah, you have to go have another conversation. All right, I'll so, wake him up. Okay. And go in the middle of the night. Go to his work. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to his work dressed like this with the fey ears on. <laughs> I've never met any of his co-workers. <laughs> show up like this in a renaissance costume <laughs> like you at the dentist yeah, yeah are yeah. you my mate please god tell me you're my mate why did you say you weren't my mate why did you let me say it i just got i'm holding soup in my bare hands <laughs> well i guess you guys didn't want to pay your rent because he's gonna get fired <laughs> um. <laughs> okay so anyway anyway the, ma- the mating bond is often signified by the food exchange. And I imagine they do it in a way that's sort of like a wedding. Mm. Um, but, you know, like they'll have a big party sometimes. So Feyre thinks on it and says, okay, Reese, you tell me the entire story of what our life has been together so far. And if I decide you're not a bastard, I will give you this soup. She doesn't say that, but she kind of infers it. So I love it. She's like... Also, because this is how I would be, I'd be like, she's like, I don't cook. I'll heat you this can of Progresso up. This can of soup. Uh, I can't make you anything, though. (laughs) I just imagined you with your, like, you've got the boxes of soup that you like to use. Just like, I can pour you this. 
I want some soup. Here's crackers. I can put cheese on them. Oh, that would be cute. Unless you want a, a, a well, you know, a cook wife, and I don't know if that that would be like the best news for. Oh, I'll for make a fucking soup. Yeah, you'd you be go, great. Oh you'd man, be great I'll that. soup the fuck out of him. <laughs> and so he launches into their story. He goes all the way back, actually, to the Great War when he was captured by Amarantha's army. He was being held and tortured by her when Jurian murdered her sister. And she was so driven into madness by wanting to unleash revenge upon Jurian that she didn't notice that Reese had gone full nihilist as a prisoner in, his, in, in her war camp. He was basically planning to destroy her, even if it meant that he was going to be killed in the process. And so he had been making this big, long plan that he was, like, noting where she went during the day, and he was going to basically murder-suicide them. But instead, she and Jorian ended up facing off while Reese was there as a prisoner. And he, he watched her destroy him, rip his body apart, torture him. Uh. And she was so fixated on Jurian that Reese's father was able to infiltrate her camp. She fled, but as Reese's father rescued him, Ugh. he forced Reese to keep the ash arrows in his wings as punishment for getting caught. And he was too injured to finish fighting the war. I hate Reese's dad. Yeah, he sucks. He's a mean head. Good thing he's dead. Yeah, I'm glad he's dead. So then the war was over and the wall was created. While all of that was happening, the treaty and the war was being finished, Reese, Az, and Cassian were actually right there in that cabin while Reese was slowly recovering. The treaty nullified any lingering, uh, like, feuds. And so Amarantha was free from punishment uh, as part of the, the agreement on the war. And I'm glad Reese she's was, dead, too. Yeah. Reese was really pissed he couldn't kill her. Hundreds of years went by, and then Amarantha returned to Prithian, acting as though she'd been reformed and wanting to establish trade and a better relationship between Prithian and Highburn. While a lot of the High Lords kind of bought into it, Reese knew better, but he seemed to be the only leader who still distrusted her. Aside from Tamlin, he and Tamlin were the only ones. Man, they have to become friends again at some point. I do right? hope that they are. I, I hope really that someday they can figure it out because like i think that like i think that we all like i would really enjoy just like a really good like bro to bro like hey dude like we were mated and shit and like i knew that and like we kind of had to do these things and i'm really sorry about all the shit in the past and like just make amends and we'll see they they will in the further in the future books they will interact again so we'll see it could it could, could. we'll see it could. um so all the while However, Reese acted as though he was into the idea of peace with Amarantha and was like, yeah, no, don't worry about the time you tortured me. It's fine. I don't know. It was a past. just a blip in the, in the forever of fatum, you know? Yeah. But he, the whole time, he was secretly plotting to kill her. He didn't even tell the inner circle that was his plan. He decided that the night she threw the party for all of the High Lords, he was going to destroy her from the inside out. He was so focused on his plan that night, he didn't even think to be cautious of the drink he held. No, Reese! He, along with all the other High Lords, lost their power that night. His last remaining moments, he took to reach out to the circle to explain to them what was happening and then cast a net of secrecy over them, making it so that Amarantha would never know anything about them. He took care of them! Making it so no one in the room who knew them would remember them. 
and then he became her slave. So he's, he protected Valaris that last moment. Man, we need to get one of those, uh, what are the cup covers called? I uh, like the they sell these like stretchy things that you put over your cup that a straw can come out of so that if you leave so that no one can put something in your drink. Oh, and that's what Reese needs. And he should have that. If he was my mate, I would put that in every single cup he ever had to make sure that no one was roofing him. Yeah. And Reese actually says in this story in the book that. He didn't want Cassian and Azrael to see what he was going to do. And so normally they would have noticed for him that there's yeah. something wrong with his drink. But they weren't there. Ugh. Of those who were in, ten- uh, in attendance from the Court of Nightmares, only about half of them survived the night. Amarantha slaughtered them as an example of what she was capable of. And Reese realized that instead of a war on the battlefield, he was now in a war of wits with this new evil queen. He saw that very night that she lusted after him. So he started to give her what she wanted. And he made her pleasure so good that she became addicted to it. I mean, this is a very (laughs) sad story. But just thinking about pleasure so good you become addicted to it. Okay, I'm listening. Um, Even though her real desires, her real – what she wanted more than anything was set on Tamlin. But Tamlin refused her that night. So she set about making that fairy bargain, that torturous one that she finds so funny, that he had 50 years to get a human with, with hate in her heart for the fae to fall in love with him. And at the end of those 50 years, if he didn't, he would belong to her. So does that mean that she would have had two, like, like she would have kept Rees? Or do you think that she would have, like, in my brains, like, or what was... was they were they about to just like swap out places, or was she so dick hungry that she wanted them both? Maybe I know I, it's not about dick hungry; it's about power, and I know that it's about control. I mean, her pussy sounds like it's a little bit like, arr, arr, yeah, that mm. like I just feel like I'd be so tired. I'd just be like, you know what? Let me let's just let Reese go, and why then you, I'll take Tamlin. This is why you can't have sister husbands. Yeah, brother I husbands. Just, yeah, brother husbands. I got too much work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I got too much smut to read. But I will say that even though she was having sex with Reese, he ended up kind of being more like her, her like henchman. So I bet yeah. if Tamlin came in, he would do way more of the just like killing fuck and boy stuff. Star- stuff. But he might be a little fuck boy on the side. Yeah. Um, because he was so dis- determined to trick her into complacency, into a uh, lull her into trusting him, he made it seem as though he loved to service her. And she began to entrust him as a confidant because of that. But after 10 years of doing this over and over and over years. again, he began to lose all hope, just started marking the days down waiting to die. And then three years ago, something changed. He began to have dreams of some other place. It would come recurring. He says, They were brief, a flash here and there, every few months. I thought nothing of them until one of the images was of a hand, this beautiful human hand, holding a brush, painting flowers on a table. My heart stopped beating. In that time... I pushed a thought back of the night sky, of the image that brought me joy when I needed it most. Open night sky, stars and the moon. 
I didn't know if it was received, but I tried anyway. I wasn't sure I was breathing. He sent her the image of the night sky that oh she painted God, on her drawer. On the drawer. She painted the night sky. It got through to her somehow. She had no idea that this was happening, but she got the image of the night sky, and she had never really known why she painted it, if you recall. These I'm also speaking of, um, like, the tattoos and, like, of just, like, the night sky. When we were talking about tattoos last time, I want to say thanks to everyone that sent in um, pictures of their own Akatar tattoos Aww. because some of them are so awesome. Oh, I and bet. I think that it is going to encourage me <laughs> to get the tattoos yes. because I feel like I bow down for no one except for my court. Yeah. And your lover. Yeah, my mate, Jeff. Oh, no. (laughs) I love that you guys got into a fight while we were recording while he's not here. (laughs) Because this really was, like, this was me talking at him high last night. So it's not like there was, it wasn't a discussion. He just went, okay. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, if that's, he's like, if you need me to be your mate, I'll be your mate. And then I, and then I was the one that chose that he wasn't because I'm scared of losing him. And I'm scared and of what that means. he didn't fight for it. He didn't fight to, he to didn't win you as fight. his mate. <laughs> he didn't fight for it. Man, he's in trouble and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> so... These flashes of a human woman gave him peace somehow in these last years of the 50-year bargain. And it also gave him some new form of strength to continue on. And one day, the images went from foggy in his dreams to crystal clear. And the image was a nightmare about the bog. It was clear because Feyre had crossed the wall. He coveted the flashes of dreams this human was having, but he couldn't understand where in Prithian she was. Until one night, he saw the unlit pyres of Kalidmai. Kalidmai. He knew only, he only had perhaps this one shot to see this person who's been infiltrating his dreams. So he connives Amarantha, he tricks her. He, he appeals to her bloodlust and tells her that he wants to go to the spring court to find spies and to find people out to get her. So she lets him go. When he arrives, he already knows Feyre's sense somehow. Dude. He tracks her. And when he found her, he discovered her with those three malicious fairies. There you are. I've been looking for you. So when he shows up in the first book, and this is also another fun that I feel like in our chat discussions over on Twitch when people were like, I can't believe you didn't flip out when you guys got to him showing up. And when he said, there you are, I've been looking for you. And I was like, because we're trying to not give anything away. And it was so difficult. But in rereading it, I was just like, there he is. Oh my God, he's He's been waiting for her. He's been waiting for her. Oh my God. I love this. I think it's such delicious storytelling. She's so good at it. And I wanted to mention here that Mass has said in interview that she always knew from the start that Rizan and Feyre were mated and that they were going to end up together. So that this was all being set up from the start. It wasn't a decision that she pulled later in. So I find her weaving of storylines to be really expertly crafted, Mm -hmm. especially when you take into account how young she was when she started writing these books. Yes. Because, like... I do find that I didn't know I, – I was still rooting for Tamlin at the end of the first book. For sure. Um, I know we're in the middle of the, this emotional scene, but I was actually curious. In the exchange, Reese calls the fairies picks. 
And I didn't know if that was a term I should have known already. So yeah. I looked it up. And it was actually a group of people who lived in Britain, north, like like pre-Viking, like early middle-aged, like a clan of people. Whoa. Um, and their culture, can, their culture can kind of be inferred. It says, from this is from Wikipedia, from early medieval texts. And they, it's sort of like a not real thing that they they've kind of just like made a like a, a name up for this group of people that they don't really I guess still use. No, oh. it's also Latin for the word painted oh. as in tattooed. Oh, I thought you meant as in paint. But she like, also was painted. In she that. was. It's interesting because he's talking about them as like villains. And also, it's a fictional race in the Conan the Barbarian story. Ah! So I'm not sure what she was referencing there. I thought maybe she meant the pre-Viking version, as in she, he, as in Reese was calling them like Neanderthals. Like, yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, if anybody has any insight on or what they yeah, think, tell us what you know about picks. Pick, picks. P i c t. Um, anyway, Reese realizes upon meeting her that she doesn't know who he is. He doesn't she doesn't recognize him so she wasn't having dreams about him and that she is this fragile and young scared human girl. And so he walks away from her after saving her from the other three fae. But something in Feyre can't let him go entirely as he walks away so she calls after him. And Reese knows at this point at the core of him what she really was, but he couldn't face it. Not only for the sorrow of walking away, but because of the ter- terrors Amarantha would lay upon her if she knew that he had a mate. He decided to, con- to consider what this one chance of seeing her was just a gift from the cauldron instead of this horrible moment. But at least he got to see her one time. He's got to be a little weirded out that at this point he's like, so this human is my mate? Yeah, maybe. This young girl is my mate? And, like, that's also had to have been going through his brain a little bit at the time. Yeah, and I can also say, though, maybe in that moment, his life is a living hell. Like, there's so much terror and sadness going on. Maybe yeah. it's just sort of like, I guess, <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. I guess, uh, I don't know. Because he's, like, you know, barely, he's given up on in a lot of ways. Uh. So he went back and found the three Fey who had been fantasizing about hurting Feyre and broke into their minds. Yeah. He changed their histories and took them to face Amarantha and said that they were plotting against her. And she was so pleased Rizan found these three traitors. He watched them be tortured with pleasure for what they wanted to do to Feyre. When Amarantha sent him back to the spring court that day after the solstice, he was horrified to find that she was living with, seemingly in love with, Reese's second most enemy. So he was sent back by him because he did so well. She sent him back that day when they were sitting in the dining room together after the, uh, the solstice party. Reese was devastated by this, but even more so terrified. Terrified that Amarantha would find out that she was there and would punish her in the worst ways imaginable. Ugh. So he decided to scare Feyre and Tamlin, even though he knew it would drive Feyre even further away from him. He needed Tamlin to send her away to save her. 
So he hurt. He Man, scared her. This Remember is that's when he broke into her brain. Yes, clawed at her. It's so many layers he has to deal with of trying to protect everyone without giving away anything. Mm-hmm. Of fifty years of like trying so desperately, like thinking of like, and the fact that like she won't let him use all of his magic anyway, and he's trying to keep all these people safe. I just feel for him so much. It's almost like somebody needs to blow him. Yeah, I think someone needs to get him on the table (laughs) and have sex with him consensually. Yeah. He man, but I think chapter 55 is like like coming. coming. It's like really almost here, dudes. But selfishly, in this moment, recklessly, he just wanted to know her name because at this point he still didn't know her name was Feyre. Just one little crumb of information about this female who haunted his dreams. When Feyre said Claire better, he knew she was lying, but he went and told Amarantha anyway, believing Feyre had made the name up. But of course she didn't. She had said her sister's friend's name. And they found her and murdered her family and brought Claire under the mountain uh, without Reese knowing. That's so crazy. Can you imagine, though, just even in that time and going back to that, like, I feel like the first name I'd say, I'd be like, Mary Lamb. <laughs> Mary Lamb. Oh, I got, Claire, I Claire Better does sound like a fake name. Like, Claire, like, b- wind, Claire Bed, Bed, Better. Yes. Claire Better. Me, Window. Me window. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I think I would be really bad at coming up with a name really fast is all I'm saying. I don't do well under pressure. I mean, at this point, I guess at this point, if you'd fought off so many monsters and stuff, maybe you would have, like, developed more. Save yourself savvy? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. She's much better. again, is much better at taking care of herself and at least saving herself than I would be in any situation. Well, she had to because no one was there for her. No one was there to take care of her. You Where had my a mother, mother who just come from? <laughs> your mother is telling you, I always took care of you, Jackie. I always took care of you, Jacqueline. <laughs> and, so Re- the- and so Claire was brought under the mountain without Reese knowing and... By the time he saw her brought to, uh, to be in front of Amarantha, it was too late uh, to save her. But he broke into her mind and he took her pain away as they tortured her. And when they I mean, were- it's the least he could do. Yeah. Take the pain away. Yeah. And while they were destroying her body past the point of no return, he finally just sent her into sleep. Reese is crying at this point in his tale. Feyre is frozen in shock. Reese thought this strange interlude that had entered into his life was over at that point. Now that he had sent Feyre away and this other girl was taken and killed in her place. But then the day arrived when Feyre was brought before Amarantha's throne. And I had never known such horror, Feyre, as I did when I watched you make that bargain. Irrational, stupid terror. I didn't know you. But then she finally reveals her name. I learned your name. Hearing you say it, it was like an answer to a question I'd been asking for 500 years. Oh. And it snapped something awake in him. He decided in that moment he, he learned her name that he was going to fight. And he was going to use every dirty tactic in the book. He was going to claw and scrape and cheat and lie. And he was going to get this human woman out. 
He couldn't yet come to grips with what she was to him. So he told himself that the cauldron was telling him to save her because she was salvation for the fey kind and the terror of Amarantha. And when she was dying after the worm, he saw an opportunity to connect with her, maybe help her through these torments. Unlike Tamlin, I might add. But that mating bond is strong, dude. That he wore his mask of cruelty at that point to perhaps save them all. So when he entered her cell and was, you know, grabbing her arm and trying to make her listen to him, it was all in in an effort to try to save her. Um, That he brought her before the courts in her night court sex gear to trick them all to keep her close Prevent it from being worse for her. Well, because then, like, she was under his care if, mm-hmm. he, if he knew where she was and wasn't just down and keeps her out of the dungeons, too. Yes. And it's a way for Amarantha to not suspect that he was trying to help her, that her humiliation was the better option from suffering or infection and pain and death. So as she died in those last moments with Amarantha, he says, I knew right then what you were. I knew that you were my mate and you were in love with another male and had destroyed yourself to save him and that and that I didn't care that if you were going to die I was going to die with you. Oh god. I couldn't stop thinking it over and over as you screamed as I tried to kill her. You were my mate, my mate, my mate. But then she died. Both Reese and Feyre are now crying as he speaks. In his memory, he recalls that in that moment, he flung their mating bond to her to keep her tethered to something. Home. Home had been at the end of the bond, I'd told the bone carver. Not Tamlin. Not the spring court. But... Rizond. And then Rizond had spoken in the minds of each high lord to give their gift of life to Feyre. They were all too stunned to think to object. And so they did. I love that. And that makes so much more sense of like, why would like, like literally the king of uh, like the autumn court, why would he ever give a part of his power away to help someone? He doesn't give a shit, but it makes so much sense because Rizan went into their minds and and encouraged them to do it. And it makes sense. That also Lucian's father would go first because he's such – if he had a, a moment more to think about it, he probably would have been like, no. no. But in that moment, the fact that they had all of this returned to them, that this they were saved, he just did it without thinking. And so now that, that makes a lot more sense why he was the first one to step up. Because I remember when it first happened, is like, this guy seems like a jerk that he just like walked forward and he was the first one to like – Yeah. So when she awoke – New and in this fey body, she clung to Tamlin, not Rizond. And Rizond at that point knew that she did not belong to him. But he couldn't leave without saying goodbye that night. And he started singing Taylor Swift. You belong with me. You belong with me. In his head only. Oh my God. Can you imagine Rizond going home and just blaring (laughs) Tay-Tay? Just like getting it out because like, oh my God, you belong with me. I guess goth boys do like Taylor Swift. 
Oh, there's there's a good legion of them out there. They might not say it aloud or to other people. Holden. I don't want to think about Holden. When I think not when we're not we're in the middle of our horny times. <laughs> sexually frozen Holden McNeely. <laughs> so and Rizan is not sexually. No, 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 no. He his pleasure was so great that she became addicted to it. <laughs> so. This, he couldn't, even though he knew that she wanted to be with Tamlin, he wanted to see her that one more time to say goodbye because he wasn't planning on keeping the bargain, even though he said he was. He woke her up from sleep that night, that first night after Amarantha, and he tugged on that bargain. And she went up and she met him on the balcony as the dawn rose, the first time she had seen the sun in three months. And as he said goodbye, and this is an excerpt from Akatar. His eyes locked on mine, wide and wild, and his nostrils flared. Shock, pure shock flashed across his features at whatever he saw in my face, and he stumbled back a step. Actually stumbled. What, what, what is it? I began. He disappeared, simply disappeared, not a shadow in sight, into the crisp air. Oh. And that's when he realized. He realized so long ago. God, I love their love. So it seems as though when she had turned fate, snapped the bond fully in place, and that was in that moment. He, he, that's when it happened to him. He felt it, like go through his body. Whatever happens. So he returned to Valaris for the first time in fifty years that day, and as he embraces more for the first time in decades, all he can say over and over again is, "She's my mate. She's my mate." There are a million fan arts account, accounts, by the way, of Akatar, but there's this one um, called hmmr.art on Instagram. That has this beautiful series of pictures of the moment that Reese sees each person of the inner circle for the first time. And it's their perspectives of both sides as they hug. So there's one, you know, that you can see Reese's face and the other you can see whatever person he's hugging's face. And um, you should check it out. I just think they're really beautifully done. And uh, that's why I posted this. I have one in our little script. It's beautiful. Again, it's hmmr.art. Definitely look this up. And you can just see more hugging Reese more you can see Reese's back and Moore's eyes as he's saying she's my maid and it's it's really lovely it's beautiful um I think she has a patreon as well if you want to patronize her so for the first few months he tried to leave Fira 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 <laughs> ah Fira he for, for the first few months he tried to leave Fira B tried to convince himself that she was better off and he wanted her to be happy with Tamlin, but he was still connected to her and he would get all these flashes of her pain and sorrow and her vomiting up her guts all night while Tamlin ignored her. her. And he felt her terror when he exploded that desk that night. And then he heard her plead with someone to help her on her wedding day. Before that, he had been planning to get hammered that that wedding day to avoid her pa- to avoid his pain because he knew that she was getting married i mean wouldn't you yeah. if your mate that you knew was your mate was marrying another oh god Mm-mm. i don't think i'd remember at least at least 3 or 4 days after that yeah 
And then, you know, you get the worst hangover of your life, and that doesn't help either. No, no, and just makes, especially as you get older, I can't imagine being hundreds of years old, what your (laughs) hangover would be like then. Then it's the real depression, you know, you do. Now, that's the worst part. That's what they don't tell you about hangovers in your 30s. It's the depression you feel for, like, two or three days. I feel self-loathing. I had horrible anxiety in my 20s, though, so I wasn't better. It's just different, I guess. Just different. Yeah. Never great. No. Never had, like, a fun hangover. No, 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 no. Um, so he sprang into action. When he heard her cry out, he became the mask of Rizond, coming to claim his bargain finally. And when he saw a full view of her for the first time in months, he raged. She was so sickly and thin and in that ugly-ass wedding Ugh. dress. And the wedding was being overseen by stupid Ianthi. And he just put on his facade and stole her away. Good for you, Reese. And when she was with him at the Moonstone Palace, he did let his mask slip some, but he didn't reveal his full true nature, not wanting to confuse her while she sorted herself out. And when Tamlin locked her away that final time and she lost it, he made more come to get her to keep a complete war from starting. Even though Amran tried to convince him to tell Feyre about the mating bond to prevent conflict. He couldn't bring himself to burden her with it. But he tells her that even though he couldn't tell her, he still couldn't stay away from her because not only were they bonded, but he was in love with her. Because there is still choice in the bond. Slowly, I turned around to where the soup was now boiling and ladled it into a bowl. I stopped before him, staring down And I said, You love me? Rees nodded. And I wondered if love was too weak a word for what he felt, what he'd done for me, for what I felt for him. I set the bowl down before him. Then eat. Soup, you gotta be soup, soup, baby! Rees got soup! Not only do we just get souped, we about to get eaten, because it's chapter 55. <laughs> it's chapter 55. Chapter 55. And um, for those of you that have not looked into, like, the world of Akatar, chapter 55 is... is Penetration. <laughs> it is penetration, but it's also, like, like the famous chapter of these books. I'm going to say, okay... This might be a hot take, but my favorite is the end chapter of the three. Because so I consider the three sensual parts as the throne, the inn, and then the cabin. Yeah. My favorite is actually the inn. Yeah. And my, yeah. I mean, I love, don't get me wrong. I mean, this is great. But, but yes, I think the inn and that, like, you know, especially the, the, like where they are and and how it is and how like it's all like they're cold and they're just like no one knows who they are and that like you're right yeah I think I'm, it's I'm like, with you I think it's like his naked hunger like his ravenous the way he feels about her in those scenes it, like, yeah I love I'm just gonna but this that. is and we were saying this before we started recording too of just like this is eleven pages yeah of so pure <laughs> fuck dude yeah aware of every breath. Every movement, I sat in his lap. His hands gently braced my hips as I studied his face. And now I want you to know, Rizond, that I love you. I want you to know. His lips trembled, and I brushed away the tear that escaped down his cheek. I want you to know, I whispered, 
that I am broken and healing, but every piece of my heart belongs to you, and I am honored, honored to be your mate. I don't want to use a ton of excerpts from the, the dives we do, but I feel like these scenes are so important to the story arc. And yes. I, just, the words are, I think Mass's words are so beautiful and moving. I don't want to just talk about them. Um, so we won't go forever into these long quotes, but I just love I love these scenes so much. So she's accepted the bond, everybody. We have bond. Yeah, man. You got souped. You got souped. Yay! We have some readers of the next few scenes that we'll have on the the future episodes, <laughs> and we know where that is going, which is all the way to Bone City. Bone? Oh man, is it Bone City when it's so beautiful? Yeah, it can be <laughs> a bone yeah. Uh, palace. Yeah, sure. Yeah, a bone estate, a bone museum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they were in a bone museum, and that was the problem. And uh, now they're yeah. out of the. Now they're they're in the sploosh exhibit. Yes, they're in the they're in the water park to slip and slide. <laughs> it's a series of water slides, mm-hmm. lazy oh, river. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, that's for afterwards. Yeah. That's when you're just chilling and all the wet. <laughs> yes. You know, that's what that's what the Lazy River is called. That's the slogan for a Lazy River, chilling in the chilling wet. Chilling in the wet. <laughs> this form of, from like, we get the sense, Mass has written this really lovely, so we feel this love is right and real. Not so much the way we watch Tamlin and Feyre interact when... He first began his romance with her when he dethorns that rose in his mother's garden and places it behind her ear. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a very traditional romance. For sure. Scenario. She And she feels lust and affection for Tamlin in those moments. It's not like she didn't like it. But I also love that that is such a big part of this world is that you can... Fuck whoever you want. Like, being mated doesn't mean that you are in love with each other. I like that idea of mating, that it's not just like, oh, I would never be with them. Like, I'm not going to, you know, just to say Twilight. It's not about this, like, oh, it makes it even better because we wait. It's like, no. Humans explore. That That is a part of being a human being in, in, in our being fae. Sorry. Being a fae being. Yes, being a fae being. Being a fae bay out there for all of us fae bays. Yeah. Bang away fae bays is well, what we say. But And this is obviously already debated, or not even debated, discussed already in like length, but tw- Twilight is an exemplary of that dynamic, which is very uh, trad, romantic, religious, conservative, like... That idea of women, it will be better for them if they save themselves is a lie. Um, <laughs> it is treated such mostly for male pleasure because it's not the same level of pain. And a lot of times women aren't in those circles because, you know, uh, what's her name? Se- uh, Stephanie Myers LDS or more, just Mormon at least. Yes. Um, and. It's like kind of treated as this, oh, it's going to be so special for you. Like when Bella has sex for the first time with a and vampire with a stone dick. It's Boro Snorro. Too. Don't even get me started Probably on how they do it in the hurts, movie. Man. Good Lord. And that's, it's it's painful. So a lot of times it's like the the guy is treated as this is your great reward for waiting. And the women are just be, like, I have to be grateful. It's going to be wonderful, even though they give are given no like sex ed beforehand. No. So it's like, or talking about their pleasure. There's yeah. no pleasure mm-hmm. involved in that. No, no, no. 
you're, the pleasure is that you are pleasing the man. You're yes. Like, and I that is where we happy. should get our pleasure, right? Yes. Fabes. <laughs> right, Fabes? <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, in, in and also moment, with Tamlin, like, it's a lot of, like, you know, we got we talked about, like, the father things about, like, where he protects her and also, like, he, I feel like their sex scenes was more like him taking her, like in traditional right. romance, rather than the sex scene that we have between Feyre and Rizond. And it's it's tricky because that's why I think a lot of people say you have to stick past the first book. But it was in Mass's storytelling intentions, yes, that it you do see this love story that's perfectly fine. But then you realize oh, yeah, it's still sexy, yeah. But then you get this much richer story of of her and Rizan in the second book and it it is part of the story plot but you do have to go like it gets seemier in the second book you have to keep reading yes but I do really love how she did make it this perfectly acceptable romance story that was now looking back so bland and so not right for Feyre and how much we do that in our own lives in our own relationships where you get out of a relationship you're like why did I do that yeah I acted like this was the end, like this was the be the, the be all. I end guess all, this yeah. is life now. I guess, and it I guess have my to partner's be. gonna lock me up in my house for my protection. Yeah, um, and it doesn't have to be that way. And I do think this is, even though I would feel weird encouraging like teens to read this book because there's so much graphic sex. I I do hope teen girls and every gender reads this because it is such a um, a good example of like finding your own joy and pleasure and like loving somebody who loves you back in the same way kind yeah. of yeah and that's important too in the same way because mm-hmm. like she had love for Tamlin and Tamlin had love for her yeah. but they just weren't made for each other and he also was not in the place right. to give it he needed to do his own journey yeah dude and figure this self care Tamlin BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
she and and we learned this from the beginning. She was a warrior. She didn't want to be coddled and handled with kid kid gloves and given a rose bush as a wedding present. Maybe her sister Elaine would have liked that, and that's okay. But just as this wasn't right on Feyre, the contrast between her first sex scene with Tamlin and her first sex scene with Reese is about Ooh. nine page difference. Ooh. So Feyre's sex scene with Tamlin is about two pages, and Reese's is eleven. <laughs> So that sort of like explains also like the same. And also with that first sex scene with Tamlin, it was uh, fine. It was sexy. Oh, it was sexy. Definitely sexy. But it was not this this stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, you know, we're going to get a lot more of the graphic parts read by the, um, the, uh, you know, our guests. But (laughs) I can't wait to hear them read. Yeah, it's pretty good. We've recorded them already. It's pretty good. Um, in one of their, quote, breaks <laughs> that they are in, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, taking breathers in this 11-page oh, yeah. sex scene. They are in the tub together. Which also I will ap- I appreciate because I think that oftentimes it was like, and then you just immediately go again where it's like, you got to take yeah take some time. Go have a, eat a buttered roll, you know? I mean, I will say Sarah is very good at writing sex scenes. Very, very good at it. Yeah. Um, so... They go through many things, one of them involving a table. It's a very yeah. famous scene. Yeah. And paint. Yeah. Of course. Of, of course, course she's going to have sex paint. with paint. Well, there's paint literally all over everything, so I don't know if she has much of a choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in one of their breaks, they're washing the paint off of themselves. <laughs> and Ferris says that she knew that she was in love with Reese at Starfall. She tells him that no matter how much she's chased and hunted by the others and considered an adversary to other courts, Reese is worth the risk. She is finally able to fully admit to herself the depth of her feelings for him. (laughs) That it is so deep and unending that it was easier to push it away than have to have it consume her entirely. Again, these 11 pages are a sheer delight, and I think that you should read them, even if you're just following along. I keep encouraging people, and we keep, you know what? We keep um, getting messages from all, a lot of you saying you keep trying to take them out of the library, and they're all They're taken all out. taken out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, these are such fun scenes to read, and you should definitely do it. Uh, as Feyre and Reese speak... She feels such joy and hope at the light she sees in in Reese's eyes that to both of their surprise, her skin begins to glow from the inside. Faintly, as if some inner light shone beneath my skin, leaking out into the world. Warm and white light, like the sun, like a star. I laughed, and the glow flared a little brighter. He leaned in, kissing me softly. And I melted for him, wrapping my arms around his neck, shining. I was shining bright and pure as a star. Daycourt? I asked. I don't care, he said roughly and removed the glamour from himself. (laughs) Can you imagine? He's so hot that he has to magic himself just to be normal hot. And then he removes that glamour from himself to have sex with you. (laughs) 
Like, I don't know if I can handle it. I don't think that I I genuinely don't think that I can handle it. Well, I mean, in this scene, she says she thought she might die from the pleasure of him. Yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is such a hot scene. It's so crazy. (laughs) I'm like, I feel I'm I'm vibrato. (laughs) This time when they make love. Um, he has the night- and they are making love too. He has the night sky pouring out of him, and her skin Dude, is glowing. So they look like the, the sky. sky. The sky is having sex. That would be terrifying. Can you imagine? Yeah, but also fucking awesome. <laughs> you imagine looking up in the. The sky's fucking. Sky's fucking. All the constellations become like <laughs> beings and start fu- railing on each other. Wow. It would be awesome. I mean, I would watch. Yeah. I'd be kind of scared. Watch that tape. <laughs> I'd watch that tape for sure. Um, when they wake up the next day, well, from napping, Feyre says they only got about an hour of sleep from all the you-know-what. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're having a snack. Good for them. Yep. And Reese explains further what mating is kind of they still it's a it's a natural thing so the fae don't fully understand it themselves but it also it helps him explain to her that there will be a quote frenzy where they literally cannot keep their hands off of each other for a long time i get that i mean i am a bridegroom so i understand oh, that's right you're still a bridegroom yeah so i my five-year anniversary is this year am i a bridegroom Ooh, sorry you're old maid Fuck! now tell henry that you're I'm not a in milf. milf you're an old maid <laughs> <No>. territory <laughs> is there a porn category for there's that? gotta be old maid <laughs> Or dressed up. What happens in the old maid car? Is there? Isn't it a wolf? Isn't it like an old lady dressed up as a wolf? That's well. That's or a, a grandmother dressed up as an old lady. Oh, that, well, it's in Little Red Riding. Hood. I think I had like a deck of cards that was the game of old maid. Oh, old maid the game. And yeah. the, and the, the old maid was a wolf dressed up like an old maid. So maybe it was like a certain version of old maid. So I have to be that... on cards. Yep. Is my future. Yep. You got no be... more porn. No, no okay. more. So isn't that nice? You're just gonna dress up as a wolf dressed up like an old lady. <laughs> I think you'd look awesome. Thanks. It seems like a lot of work every morning to get dressed. Oh, but. yes. It's a lot of layers. But <sighs> if Reese can deal with all those layers of saving people, I think you can put on a couple layers, you old maid. But <laughs> I'm telling Henry you're old maid. But my pleasure. Nope. Sorry. Old, old maids maid. don't get Ugh, pleasure. No, they don't get any no. pleasure. Sorry. Ugh. You can being read this chapter. Oh, being a woman is, <laughs> there's a lot of, lot of layers. Talk about layers. Um, um, so, yeah, he basically goes on to say that it has some primal urgency. Uh, the frenzy comes from some, like, s- like science, natural primal ur- urgency about impregnating the whim- the woman as soon as possible. And Fair was like, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 hold up. Can we? Can you just let's just take a rewind real quick? What? Can you just go back backtrack? We need to talk about that part again. Um. So, because she's like, um, I don't think I'm ready. I think I like just became Faye. So, like, we give it some time. But she says this. She's still kind of stuck in her Tamlin mind because. She's like, I'm not taking a, a tonic. And by the way, wouldn't that be nice if you didn't have to take something that fucked with your hormones? Oh, you just take a potion take instead. A potion? Yes. They just have some kind of juice you slug back to prevent pregnancy. And so because 
Tamlin had insinuated that she should look forward to bearing his children. Like, I, I just remember that scene on the um, the tithing throne where he's like, you get to have babies. Won't that be nice? Without even asking her if she wanted them. Ooh, party planning and babies. Yeah, it wasn't a discussion. She was told she was going to have his children. Yay. Um, so she goes, uh, she says, well, I guess I, I'm, should I take, not take the tonic? I, I'm, I'm expected to bear your offspring as a high lord's wife, right? And he, he says, you are not expected to bear me anything. He snarled. Children are rare, yes. So rare and so precious. But I don't want you to have them unless you want to, unless we both want to. I love this. He's perfect. Oh my god, is he actually asking her if she wants to have children? Why is this with so her body? hard for some people? Right? Why is this not complicated? It's insane. Fre- Fair was sort of like, okay, foo! Woo. Thank God, uh, because I want to fuck a bunch without having to deal with a child right now. Yeah, and she's not expressed any desire one way or the other. She might want kids, but so at this point she clarifies, maybe she wants children, but she first wants to live, to see the world, and to be able to spend her time fucking. Yeah, dude. Remember, she just became Faye. Yeah. She's still learning about it and probably not the best time to get pregnant with a war about to start. And so she's like, okay, great. I'm going to take the tonic. His smile was gentle, sweet. You take all the time you need. And if I get to have you all to myself for the rest of eternity, then I won't mind that at all. Oh. Oh. I love that she included, that Mass included this in their love story. That it wasn't a given. That he only wanted an heir if they both decided they wanted it. And it would be okay if she never did. And, like, I'm not, it's not to say if you want children and it's a, it's like a deal breaker. It's wrong. Like, if that's a must for you, that's great. But great, but talk about it. Yeah, that the fact that they're already like they're discussing this before they go any further is great. Yeah, and he says like I want you. Also, they live forever. So just like you know, I give see, it some time. I feel like I could wrap my my head around having a child more if I got to live for 500 years. Yeah, if I got to, like, be with just me and Jeff for, like, 100 years and then it's like, yeah, okay, all right, I'll stop taking the tonic. Like, cool. Yeah, or have a baby and then you get to have all these other years after the baby is, like, become an adult. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely, like, that could make more sense in my head to me for my life. Um, Why can't we be eternal? No, my my toxic trait is that I want to be five hundred and hot. So. <laughs> you're not going to be no old fame maid. I'll tell you what, <laughs> fame maid, fame maid. You're going to look good. Thank you. You're not an old maid dressed care, as a honestly. wolf, dressed as an old lady. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I love that part of it. So she and Reese touched down back at the Illyrian camp where, if you'll recall, they were staying because of the threats of from Highburn. Whether the others can tell naturally that the mating has happened or Reese has sent them a message. They or that all... because the mountains were trembling every time <laughs> oh, he right. came. I forgot we wanted, you wanted to discuss I that. I needed to discuss that he came so hard the mountains trembled, <laughs> which... I know that, like, to some, that'd be like, oh, wow, that's a lot. But ah! also, that's fucking, I can't, you just, like, holding on, there's an earthquake is happening around you, Richter 69. <laughs> it's been a 69. It's a butt quake. It's a butt quake. Oh, God. But I don't think it's coming as a 69, was it? Wasn't it 
Penetration? Penny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying that um, my Richter scale goes oh. up to 69. Oh, it's a 60, I see. I see. It's, a 69. it's a sexy number. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. I don't actually, I don't like 69ing. I think it's annoying. I understand. You know, it's a lot. It's it's like you have to focus on two different things at the same time. It's hard. Like, that's the thing is that then I just like forego my own, yeah. my own pleasure because I'm like, I'm in the process of doing something else. I know. So, so what's the point? I guess, I mean, it does feel good. You just, you know, you just got to keep on keeping on. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand, especially if you've got big thighs, too. So it's already a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a whole you, got, thing. you got a journey just to get to, <laughs> the, to the treasure. You know, <laughs> um, but no, he uh, he finds it's like he it's it seems like he hasn't masturbated in a while. It's just like been stored up. Yeah, man. Well, if you don't recall in the end scene, he won't let her pleasure him. Yeah. And also then he just got like really hurt. So he's been on the men. So he probably wasn't jerk, like feeling mm. like jerking off, too. So that's also the first come after like a big Time like a break and an upsetting time period, and with, and your, with mate. your mate who wow. you're in love with. Wow. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So yes, he does. He does come so hard that it shakes the mountain. Yes. Uh, um. Man, I'd watch that tape. Yeah. Yeah. Please. I'm watching the tape right now. I just got to close my eyes. God, some porn <laughs> company has to remake some of these scenes. Oh, please, please. Lord. Once, oh, man. And if Hulu does end up doing this show, it, they better do these scenes right. Well, and it also makes me wonder are they. Because they're rewriting it for film like they always do, and I hated how they did his Dark Materials by mixing all the books together. Yes. I kind of don't want them to do that for, for Akhtar, but I, know. I also want them to get to the point where we're in Mist and Fury, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I really want to see, see Silver Flames. Yes. Oh, oh. oh my God. Even there's, like, obviously it's sexy, but the fight scenes would be so amazing. So all the women. cool, yes. I mean, not to bring um, so back to where anyway, back to Highburn. Uh, no, back to the Illyrian camp. Um, whether all of the others can tell naturally or they heard the mountain shaking <laughs> or we sent them a message, they all seem to know the mating bond has been accepted. And I, I love the scene as they touch down, all of the other Illyrian males grab the children and wives and fly into the air <laughs> because they can tell Reese is all like, um, so. And Cassian is ready to have it out with Reese because apparently there is so much sexual energy emanating from the newly mated couples, like any mated couples, that the males often have to work off their aggression and they get insanely jealous if another male even looks at their mate. So Cassian has to like punch it out with Cassian. Yeah, with 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 Reese. Reese, dude. Cassian snickered. Pharaoh doesn't look too tired. Maybe she could give me a ride. And that's all it takes. And then Reese just just starts punching him in the face. Punching him. So Reese, a gentleman and a scholar, is not immune to the mating fury. No. So they just start beating the shit out of each other. Bat boys will be bat boys. So Moore takes Feyre aside and is like, come on. They'll be at it for a while. Moore said, leaning against the threshold of the house. She held open the door. Welcome to the family, Feyre. And I thought those might have been the most beautiful words I'd ever heard. Aww. 
As soon as their fight is over, Reese walks back into the house and they only have to look at each other and he demands everyone else get out and he just bends her over the kitchen table. So. <laughs> yeah. okay. I mean, it's the mating bond. It's the frenzy. I forgot to mention earlier, in between their love sessions in the tub scene, Reese reveals to Feyre that they are going back to the mortal realm to meet with the queens once mm. again. So the group who is at the Illyrian camps all decide to go back to reconvene at the House of Wind to prepare to go to the mortal realms. The sun had barely set as Reese and I walked hand in hand into the dining room of the House of Wind and found more, Asriel, Amran, and Cassian, already seated, waiting for us. As one, they stood. As one, they looked at me. And as one, they bowed. It was Amran who said, We will serve and protect. It just makes me want to burn burn makes me want to burn oh, with no. passion oh, okay. um no one makes me want to burst into tears no it does make me um it, i know it's so sweet it is she fam Feyre, i mean it's cool that they're like bonded and everything but Feyre finally has her own family yeah she's never had one before they go on to have dinner together and once again, just like the first time she met them all at that same dining table at the House of Wind, they are bantering and bickering, drinking and eating and laughing. But instead of Feyre watching warily as she did the first time, she joins right in, teasing Reese. She just Aww. blends right into their family. Their happiness and peace can't last for long, however, no. because they must go to try to appease the queens the next morning. These damn mortal queens! It's now springtime where they are. Feyre's second spring since she crossed the wall, if you'll recall. Feyre is wearing her same gown and crown that she wore at the last meeting with the queens. But now Reese and I stood hand in hand, unflinching, a song without end or beginning. And the queens definitely take oh, notice. Oh, they are picking up what they are putting down. Only this time there are only two of the six. The eldest, the snake-tongued one, and the young beauty with the curly hair. They are not in a friendly mood. But are they ever? It's like, bitches, y'all are queens. You can winnow. Give me a break. Have a smile for a second. They don't. They never have a smile. They don't. Uh, Reese and Feyre take the lead, showing their love, saying, isn't this enough to prove that they care for the mortal realm, that Reese has joined and mated and bonded with a once human girl, but they're not moved. And while they're bad people, I selfishly sympathize because they're like both peoples. Uh, Feyre got granted a fucking forever life. Yeah, she's she super Fey she now. Superpowers. Yeah, what are you talking about? Um, oh, but he has date. It's like no, if she was still human, that would be one thing. But that's it. Is you're right. I'm I'm with you on that. And the Golden Queen is like, yeah, Reese, you still wanted to fuck her if she got all wrinkly. She became an old man, you yeah. fucking Reese. The queen just says that straight up, and Reese is just like, oh, yeah. I would yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, so they're just like, they're like, don't, this is, just tell us, please, if you'll if you'll work with us. And the queen's demand, they said, no, you said you would prove that you have goodness, that you're not this monster that everybody says, so show us. Feyre feels a panic as he reaches towards the box containing the Veritas. She doesn't want them to see Valaris. There's a, a red flag going off in her head, but they will not be moved otherwise. More hands them the orb. 
truth is deadly. Truth is freedom. Truth can break and mend and bind. The Veritas holds in it the truth of the world. I am the Morrigan, she said, her eyes not wholly of this earth. The hair on my arms rose. You know I speak the truth. I love it when Moore lays it down. She is the Morrigan. And Valaris is revealed to the queens, never again to be fully hidden against the rest of the world. It's seen as though through Reese's eyes as he flies over and zips through. You see all of the people waving and smiling, the beauty of the rainbow, the loveliness of the town, the peace. Maybe very much like the images that Feyre saw as she lay dying in her cell under the mountain that he says he didn't send to her but must have come from his memories. Yeah. He reminds them that he fought with them, fought for the humans in the war, and that only it was after he was deemed high lord did he become this, quote, terrible monster. Doesn't that, that, that doesn't make sense. You know, it wasn't true. He was fighting with them. The queens don't appear to be moved. The older one simply says that they will consider. The inner circle is devastated. Yeah, this was like their big get. Didn't the queens understand that there is no time to consider, that the war is going to start and that their people will die? The queens scoff at him. Oh, did they think that they would grovel at his feet after his last little letter? I write to you not as a high lord, but as a male in love with a woman who was once human. I write to you to beg you to act quickly, to save her people, to help save my own. I write you so one day we might know true peace, so I might one day be able to live in a world where this woman I love may visit her family without fear of hatred and reprisal. A better world. She set down the letter. So Pharaoh realizes that this letter was one that he mentioned the last time, the one that for some reason he found amusing when he asked why she didn't want to know what was in the letter. So this was before he told her he was in love with her. He told the high queen. He told the queens of the mortal realm, I should say. This I do feel like this is a little much of like, see, I love somebody that used to be human, so obviously I like all humans. And that's not always. Oh, I'm just like, yeah, I got this one friend. It's like, well, it doesn't <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're you're you know, you wanna right. you know, meld the cultures together here. You're right. just saying that like, but again, she's fake now right you didn't you didn't mate with her when she was human you mated with her like the mating bond fell into place after she became fey sure but it does this is sexy so at least it is sexy don't get me wrong so at least you know it makes his mate horny yeah probably because he basically like knew that knew he's in love with her already he knew that he was in love with her already (laughs) um but the queens are like big whoop yeah (laughs) we're getting out of here they start making excuses, being like, uh, I mean, we have to go talk because, like, well, how do we know you're even just, like, you know, maybe you're just tricking us with your magic mind." But the Morrigan queens, the Morrigan. And the queens know better. They're just making excuses I to know. leave. They know better. Nesta has had enough. Her bitchitude does serve in certain situations like this. And she wants to, to – she says, give them the book. She's not afraid of the queens. That's the queens are pissed at, at Nesta because she's constantly just like disrespecting them. But they deserve it. Nesta and they—they're not moved. They—they they say no. 
Nesta, in her desperation, says her village is going to be raised. Everyone's going to die. There's not enough boats to take the people away. Please, she begs. Nesta never pleads. Uh-uh, she never does that. The queens again brush her off. And then Cassian crosses the room to Nesta. He studied Nesta for a long moment. She was still glaring at the queens, her eyes lined with tears. Tears of rage and despair from that fire that burned her so violently from within. When she finally noticed Cassian, she looked up at him. His voice was rough as he said, Five hundred years ago I fought on the battlefields not far from this house. I fought beside human and fairy alike, bled beside them. I will stand on that battlefield again, Nesta Archeron, to protect this house, your people. I can think of no better way to end my existence than to defend those who need it most. I can't do Cassian's voice. That's okay. I think that, I think you did a great job. I watched a tear slide down Nesta's cheek, and I watched as Cassian reached up a hand to wipe it away. She did not flinch from his touch. Uh, <gasps> what? Uh, what? And everyone in the room is also say, like the, all of the, the inner soak world. They're all just going, "Oh, oh. what? The fuck, <laughs> oh, dude? What's happening?" But oh, right, the queen. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay, no, we're so, like in the middle of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they don't care about this drama that's just gone down. No. They, they say they will go and deliberate, and maybe they'll consider the offer. They get up, dismissing themselves, and winnow away into the ether. The inner circle is devastated, except Reese, who has his eyes trained on the spot where the queens were just sitting. The book is sitting in the seat the Golden Queen was just occupying. It seems she left it without informing her sister queen. A note accompanies it. I read your letter about the woman you love. I believe you, and I believe in peace. I believe in a better world. If anyone asks, you stole this during the meeting. Do not trust the others. The sixth queen was not ill. <gasps> oh, shit! Uh-oh. Espionage! Thank you, queen! Thank, Thank you, queen. queen! Giving us the book, queen! Even Woo. though you are going to be an old maid. Yeah. Yeah, you mortal-ass bitch! You mortal-ass bitch. Um... So they have both halves of the book. They did it. They did it. Vera feels sick at the madness roiling off of the half of the the half the queens left them. It sings to her. Life and death and rebirth, sun and moon and dark, rot and bloom and bones. Hello, sweet thing. Hello, lady of night, princess of decay. Hello, fanged beast and trembling fawn. La la, la love me, touch me, sing me. That would be a scary thing for a book <laughs> to do. Imagine a book that's coming out of a book and be like, you know what? No, thank you. Can they take the book back, please? <laughs> <laughs> Such a long song for a book to sing. She, she sounds a lot like the girl gremlin. Yeah, she's very Greta, yes. Um, did we already do the Greta? Did we say somebody else sounded like Greta on the show? <laughs> I mean, I want to be Greta gremlin. You are. 
Thank you. Um, but talk about consent issues. Oh yeah, she's not. <laughs> she does she's not a consent. She queen. is not a consent queen. No. <laughs> All those. But you are. Think I am. Thank you. That's the big difference between me and I think it's the only difference between Greta <laughs> Gremlin and myself. <laughs> well, she's a hot. She's a sexy Gremlin. Yeah, very man. sexy. Yeah, dude. Um. It is time for them to return to Valaris now that they have the book. But Reese tells Feyre's sisters that they are always welcome in his court. If it was me, I'd be like, oh, look, my suitcase is packed. Let's go. I'm coming. I'll just jump right in. Can I get in? Do you guys have space in the yeah, car or whatever you got? Um, can Cassian winnow me? <laughs> Maybe he can fly with me. <laughs> but no, even with the looming threat, they're not really ready to go to the Fey world. They... They're, they're afraid they of it. They've got a lot of issues that they're not dealing with. And so, but then Nesta says she le- she leaves it up to Elaine to decide. And since Elaine is engaged to be married to a man, she can't bear to leave. Reese says he understands and tells them he'll place sentries around their house around the clock. Nesta looked between Reese and Cassian, then to me. Despair still paled her face, but she bowed her head and said to me, That's why you painted stars on your drawer. You know, of all the things, Nesta actually, like, noticed something Mm -hmm. about Feyre, which I think is the, this is the first time that I'm like, does Nesta maybe care for her sister a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we're going to learn a lot more about Nesta in the the books to come. Um, But, yeah, it, it, it is this, like, journey of being like, why does Fair even try with this woman? She is so mean and so cruel. But then there's these little bits to come through and you you feel like, oh, maybe she's this tortured soul who's trying her best to, to show to, that she cares and she doesn't know how to do it. Yeah, dude. Um, but that's we're going to end. We're going to end Mist and Fury next week. Um, yeah. The next chapter is going to bring some unexpected events into play. Ooh. And I can't wait to discuss it. Lots of action. Lots of action coming up. And it's really why I'm dressed like Amber and it's my tribute to her in the next chapters. But um, I wore it today instead. Good for you. Yes, queen. Yes, Faye queen. I guess I could have um, just covered myself in paint. Yeah. And been the sex scene. And just be gobbling down blood. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't say. Oh, just, for the sex scene. Yeah. Oh, just covered in paint. <laughs> just covered in. Just like all is like, <sighs> just kind of winded and rattled. I hate this. <laughs> I hate it. But all I over. love it. Oh, the paint. <sighs> um, so glad that we finally got to chapter fifty-five. Bye, cuties. Please read until the end of Mist and Fury. And now. Dudes grappling with erotica for educational purposes only. Featuring Meatwad, Master Shake, and Carl. Hello, fellow men. Um, I am the representative of one of the men attached to last podcast on the left and LPN in general. I'm just one of these. I'm trapped in this body and I identify as such. Um, I have two other extremely brave men here. We have David Willis and we have Dana Snyder, two of the hallmarks of alternative entertainment you guys have ever, you guys all know. And I just been, you guys know I'm the husband of the main thrust of this show. And it has been brought to me to sell to these two men how they must do 
this section of erotica that we've all been forced to do. Oh. And I don't I don't know if you what's the tenderest thing that you guys have ever said to each other. Have you ever said I love you to each other? As men? <laughs> <laughs> you say what's up. Um, so I'm now going to press you on camera. If you could do some of your famous voices, you do famous Ooh. voices. Isn't that fun? Right. That you do them. Would you do them for this reading? Would you sacrifice the lore? of your characters for this reading always it's a bit of a stretch because uh i think me would say uh I run. <laughs> yes i know i know it breaks <laughs> it does break his childhood innocence but i thank you both i thank you both and now uh, i'm gonna step back because i'm thankfully not involved in this <laughs> so now it is it's your turn rapport reset stroking a knuckle down my ribs he gave a dismissive nod to Cassie and Moore and Asriel, and the trio faded away into the crowd. Within a heartbeat, Asriel had vanished into shadows and was gone. Kier didn't even turn. Before Reese, Kier was nothing more than a sullen child. Yet I knew Moore's father was older. Far older. The steward clung to power, it seemed. Reese was power. Greetings, my lord, Kier said. His deep voice polished smooth. And greetings to your guest. Reese's hand flattened on my thigh as he angled his head to look at me. She is quite lovely, isn't she? Indeed, Kier said, lowering his eyes. There is little to report, my lord. All has been quiet since your last visit. No one for me to punish? A cat playing with his food. Unless you'd like for me to select someone here. No, my lord. Reese clicked his tongue. He again surveyed me, then leaned to tug my earlobe with his teeth and damn me to hell. But I leaned further back as his teeth pressed down at the same moment. His thumb drifted high on the side of my thigh, sweeping across sensitive skin in a long, luxurious touch. My body went loose and tight, and my breathing. Cauldron, dare me again. The scent of him, the citrus and the sea, the power roiling off him. My breathing hitched a bit. I knew he noticed, knew he felt that shift in me. His fingers stilled on my leg. Kier began mentioning people I didn't know in the court, bland reports on marriages and alliances, blood feuds, and Reese let him talk. His thumb stroked again, this time joined with his pointer finger. A dull rearing was filling my ears, drowning out everything but that touch on the inside of my leg. The music was throbbing, ancient, wild, and people ground against each other to it. His eyes on the steward, Reese made vague nods every now and then, while his fingers continued their slow, steady stroking on my thighs, rising higher with every pass. People were watching, even as they drank and ate, even as some danced in small circles. People were watching. I was sitting in his lap, his own personal plaything, his every touch visible to them. And yet, it might as well have been only the two of us. Kier listed the expenses and costs of running the court, and Reese gave another vague nod. This time, 
This time, his nose brushed the spot between my neck and shoulder, followed by a passing graze of his mouth. My breast tightened, becoming full and heavy, aching, aching like what was now pooling in my core. Heat filled my face, my blood. But Kier said at last, as if his own self-control slipped the leash. I had heard the rumors, and I didn't quite believe them. His gaze settled on me, on my breasts, peeped through the folds of my dress, of my legs spread wider than they'd been minutes before, and Reese's hand in dangerous territory. But it seems true. Hamlin's pet is now owned by another master. You should see how I make your bed, Reese murmured, nudging my neck with his nose. Kier clasped his hand behind his back. I assume you brought her to make a statement? You know everything I do is a statement. Of course, this one it seems you enjoy putting in cobwebs and pounds. Reese's hand paused, and I sat straighter at the tone, the disgust. And I said to Kieran, a voice that belonged to another woman, Perhaps I'll put a leash on you. <laughs> Reese's approval tapped against my mental shield, the hand at my ribs now making lazy circles. He doesn't draw a plan, he mused onto my shoulder. He jerked his chin towards the steward. Give her some wine. Your command. No politeness. Kier stiffened but strode off. Reese didn't dare break from his mask, but the light kiss he pressed beneath my ear told me enough. Apology and gratitude, and more apologies. He didn't like this any more than I did, and yet to get what we needed to buy Asriel time, he'd do it. And so would I. I'm going to let's read the page where they do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's read a page of the penetration. <laughs> All right, that's the, that's the problem. They always say it's going to happen in the next book. They wait. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. They keep you, yes. they keep you wanting more. Book 12. That's very good. Just the tip. <laughs> What's happening in this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like nothing happens. There's a touching and blood and frisking and Turning and putting the finger on a die and oh, nothing happened. Romance. It's called romance. Hey, babies. For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dives Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.